Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. Uh, that's not Bill Whittle, and I'm not Alfonso Rachel. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we have a show here where we talk about some of the things behind the politics, and you probably know the drill by now. Uh, so people seem to like these two-part uh, episodes. We shoot two shows a week, and sometimes it's fun to take these two things and balance one against the other. So I thought we might try that again today. And I thought what we might do is talk about um, strengths and weaknesses, uh, not about our personal strengths and weaknesses, because obviously a show listing our personal strengths would go on for hours and a show about <laughs> our weaknesses merely merely seconds. Um, but I thought it might be an interesting thing to talk about in terms of the two sides of the political uh, fight that we find ourselves in with conservatives versus these progressives. Uh, both sides have strengths and both sides have weaknesses. So why don't we talk about um, the weaknesses first? Actually, you know what? I take that back. Let's talk about the strengths first. Okay. So we got an opposing bench. We got our bench. We're going to just talk about the strengths of each in this first segment. We'll do weaknesses next time. So in terms of strengths on the opposing bench, um, the one thing I think that's most uh, – well, I don't want to say impressive exactly, but yeah, impressive, is that is that it seems to me that for, for the left, for progressive, since this is their hobby, their job, their religion, and, and everything else, they never, ever stop, do they? They just never, ever stop. They're, they're, they're re relentless. They're like, a, they're like the Terminator, you know? It's just, they just keep coming at you. Indeed, man. That, um, the stamina that they've got for selfishness uh, the stamina they have for uh, self-righteousness. And, you know, when you, it, it becomes intimidating, it's, it's difficult. Like when it, when it comes to the left or Democrats, it's difficult to talk about strength because I don't see anything strong about them. I kind uh, of agree, but, but they're certainly in, in the culture war, they're not exactly pushovers. There's no question they are good at certain things. Right. They they are they have a, what Evan said called rhetorical intelligence. They know how to <laughs> they know how to tell a story. They know how to um, they know how to play people's emotions and they certainly know how to uh, kind of unify the narrative. I mean, the narrative is a repulsive thing, but at least it, it is consistent. And it's and it's it's repeated again and again and again all across the entire political spectrum of the left. So clearly there are some uh there are some assets on the other team, and it might be good for us to talk about those before we talk about our own assets. Sure, sure. And uh, you're exactly right, man. Where, where Democrats are, um, unfortunately, they're very good at selling their weakness. <laughs> That's just, I mean, like, say, for instance, um, you know, as, as conservatives, you know, we, we talk about the free market and we talk about capitalism. And I, and I still, you know, with capitalism, I think that's been such a poor sell. Uh, on a part of our part of conservatism, uh, conservatives yeah. been a poor sell. Uh, but, you know, as far as uh, Democrats go, um, they, they've made such impressive use of the free market. The thing that they have so much disdain for, they're actually using the free market to sell out our country. It's it's a shame, man, because, you know, these this, you know, imagination land, that's where they live. You know, they live in imagination land and they're they're selling the people and they're stoking the people's imaginations, you know, unfortunately, with sensationalism and causing a lot of fear and prejudice against people. And these and these misnomers about things. But it is effective if, if it's a tool, you know, that we could use the right way. Even the Lord himself says, look, um, I need you to use what the children of the age are using. 
right? So you can get out there and you can, you know, basically make friends, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want you to make friends under false pretenses or, or uh, you know, or for, for the wrong reasons. But do you see what the children of the age are doing? They're effectively able to do these things to make impressions in the culture. Why right. aren't you doing the same thing? You can right. do that. And the Lord even says, he says, the children of the light, the children of the light really don't get it. You know, these, these are my peeps, but they really don't get it. But the children of the age do. And I need you to copy that for these reasons. Right. So, so one of the strengths of the progressives is they are, um, they're very quick to adapt to, uh, to things like new technologies or new ways of messaging and so on. And they're certainly not above using things that usually that had not been particularly overtly political, like movies and music and all the rest of it, and politicize all of that. So one of the strengths of the left, I think, is, as I said, is what Evan said called rhetorical intelligence. They understand how to tell a story much better than conservatives do. They understand uh, the entire structure of it, the entire package. I remember back in 2000, and, it must have been just in 2008, when I compared the um, John McCain Republican National Convention with Barack Obama's and and how uh, it was called uh, the power of iconography and how the Democrats stage was just magnificent. You see great huge sweeping arches and, and blue and it looks like staircase to heaven and all of their logos were fantastic. And John McCain had this square stage with, you know, with these steps and he came out in front of the uh, a picture of like the, the there was some building in front of him. So he's standing in front of a, a of grass. So he's got this green background that just made him look awful. And, and, and I realized that, 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 that if you're going to appeal to people's emotions over reason, which is basically what they do, you have to be very good at manipulating emotion. And the, and the left is exceedingly good at, at using the tools of emotional manipulation, which is one of the reasons I think why conservatives are not willing to play that, that game. They're not willing to get into the pop culture and deal with that weapon because that weapon has been so effectively used against us. I think we kind of think it's like, whoa, it's, it's immoral, but they're, but they're masters of emotional manipulation. Indeed, man. And, and you know, for, for, um, like I said, it's difficult when talking about Democrats to, to juggle between a, or toggle between a strength and weakness. <clears throat> but in terms of weakness, that stubbornness, which would be seen as a strength can actually also be your greatest weakness. Uh, for a lot of times with concert or Republican voters, conservatives, uh, who tend to be Republican voters, um, they do see these things as frivolous. They don't see these, there's, there's a point to it. And, um, it maybe it's childish, maybe it's ridiculous and whatnot. Yeah, who cares? Who cares what a comic book says? Or who cares right. what, 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 what some rapper's saying? That's not what's important. What's important is liberty in the Constitution. Yes. And, and, and I say to myself, okay, uh, but, if no one's getting the message, then then we lose. Exactly right. You can be armed to the teeth with all the information that you want, you know. But yeah, if you're fi- and, and and ammoed up completely and ready to go. But if the guys come back from behind you with a knife, mm-hmm. then all of this preparation and all of your claymore mines, your artillery, your barbed wire is useless. If yes. the attack is coming from a direction other than where you expect it, and that is one of the great strengths of the left is that they have used a method that we have never seen before, where tyranny is being imposed not with rifles or with guns, but but with with social proof, with with social media ostracization, uh, you know, uh, 
all of these things are are powerful weapons and they're wielding them in an expert fashion. And I'm not certainly trying to uh, emulate or glorify them. I'm looking at this, as I said, in a, as a two-part episode. If we're looking at the opposing bench, we better know what they're doing, yes. what they're good at, what their strong plays are, mm-hmm. if we're going to defend against them. So, so clearly they have that. I think another strength of the of the progressives in terms of the battle. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about why I think their side is good. Because if I thought their side was good, I'd be on their side. <laughs> but it, but but in terms of the battle, they have the advantage of not having any sense of honor. It's a mm. huge short term advantage. I don't think it's a long term advantage. But as a short term advantage, they certainly don't seem to be above lying or 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 censorship or 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 cheating or anything like that. We had our last um, our last virtue signal show on fear mongering got uh, got us a strike on YouTube. So bad conservatives. Oh. So now we're not allowed to post for a week. Um, but that is a dishonorable and and cheap and low thing to do. But they yeah. do it all the time, mm-hmm. and it has an effect. Indeed. Okay, so there's, I guess that's what happened because I went to go uh, to share the video again and it, it was gone. Uh, and I, I noticed that it's like this video is not available on other places where I had shared it. So I guess that's that's what happened. These people are it's on low. Rumble. We'll, we'll get you the, the Rumble link. Okay, okay. Yeah. They're, they're low, dirty cowards, man. And they're low, dirty <clears throat> cowards. And that's a big strength in a short fight. Right, right. You know, it's in, um, but they're able to use their cowardice to their advantage. And one of, and part of the reason why, actually not even part, a huge part of the reason why it's so effective, Bill, is because they are masters of manipulation and they are masters of imagination. That's just where they live. And they're able to do the dirty stuff that they do. I mean, you, the left is supposed to be the champions of free speech. I mean, of course, we know that ain't, that's never been true. Uh, but that's what they posit themselves as. Hey, so look, yeah, we're the champs of free speech, all imagination land, but how are they able to get away with it? Because of the effective campaign to make Republicans out to be the most evil creatures there are. You're racist. Basically, that's, that's, all, that's all they need, right? Now, of course, there's the sexist and, and the homophobia and all that sort of stuff, but their big gun, their big weapon, their death star, you know, is, is the race narrative. And anything that they do, there is basically nothing they can do that is evil as what they've made Republicans out to be. Right. That's right. And and it's interesting, I'm, you know, for, just from a purely, like a completely philosophical point, like the kind of thing you might have to have a discussion with Aristotle about. But it seems pretty clear to me today that that in the society that they've created, the narrative that they've created, it's really much, much worse to be a racist than a murderer or a rapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in terms of the of the value structure that they've that they've constantly drilled into society, well, you know, well, murder and rape, you know, uh, it's, it's, that's, we're not racism. Mm. And, and um, I'm reminded uh, an awful lot of, of um, Norm MacDonald, who I miss so much. And he was talking about uh, Cosby, Bill Cosby, and he worshiped Cosby as a young man, as a comedian. And he was listening to people talk about Cosby and all of his, you know, and going to jail for all of these horrible things he did. And, and, Norm heard somebody say, you know, and the worst thing about it is the hypocrisy. And then Norm does a Norm pause and he says, you know, to me, the worst thing about it was the rape. (laughs) And I I thought, yes, exactly. We have this, they've created a moral structure Uh or or a moral uh, standard is a better word, where racism is worse than murder. Hypocrisy is worse than rape. You know, uh, Mario Cuomo who condemned 15,000 people to death, 
Did I say Mario? I'm sorry. Andrew Cuomo. Both evil. It's all good. Yeah. So here's the governor of New York. He, he, he basically says to aged people who, who get COVID, you've got to go back to the nursing home. You can't go to the hospital. Go back to the nursing home, die there, and take as many people with you as you can. Probably killed 15,000 people with that order. But that's not what got him knocked out of office. What got him knocked out of office were, were, were inappropriate remarks and, 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 um, and I guess in some cases, you know, touching of women, which I'm certainly not in favor of. But, but on, the, on the moral hierarchy of 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 actual evil and actual damage i'm going to put 15,000 murders ahead of saying something like hey how's it going babe you know and and when you have this moral code defined by the left which is in itself genius mm-hmm. they have created a, a a narrative now where where the things that they declare to be wrong as as their own weapons have now exceeded any rational, traditional sense of, of, of what is relative good and evil. Really, it's really true. It's worse to be a hypocrite than it is to be a rapist. It's worse to be a racist than it is to be a murderer. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, their sense of, their moral compass, man, definitely needs some some calibration, man. It's, it's way off. Um, their sense of priorities, and all this stuff, uh, uh, as far as society, politics, history, everything, uh, is very dyslexic. It's just, it's just backwards, man. It's, um, you can, and, and a lot of this stuff, they, you know, you gotta wonder, man, do you guys know that it's, do you know that it's evil? And that's the tricky thing about evil. And that's part of the strength of the weakness of evil is that even the most evil deed that a person is doing, they'll justify it to themselves as this right. of a good thing. You know, and or like when you're seeing these people trying to redeem themselves, you know, these women out there talking about sexual harassment and all that sort of thing. And it's they touched me or they said something to me in this weird way. And, yo, I'm all about making sure you respect people's boundaries and stuff like that. But when you have these same people who are enabling and celebrating people and their sexual perversion and all that sort of stuff, you these people have made a culture of these. These people throw parades for stuff like this. And they don't want to turn around and act like somebody offended them because they called them high honey. Man, that's some that's some moral perversion if I've ever seen it. And these people are trying to make like they're so righteous. Is it's a cover-up, it's a smoke screen, it's a flipping spell. All right. And while they're out there enabling the most detestable things, I mean, even as far as, you know, a a baby can be born. But, hey, if that mother wants to kill that kid, even after they're born and we knew this was coming, man, we knew we all we always knew it's like you guys are going to be satisfied until this is full blown infanticide. But you want to act like you got the moral high ground, really, because you're going to kick somebody out of office because, you know, they and, and don't don't get me wrong. Cuomo's dirty. But just like you said, you guys put these things, it took this, despite this person basically committed genocide, but now you're mad because of yeah. this? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is one of the, this is the, the great strength of the left is their, is their rhetorical skill. Mm-hmm. So they'll declare um, a haven for illegal aliens to be a sanctuary city. Sanctuary is a positive term. So we immediately lose the fight the second we use that term. And and you were talking about abortion. One of the things that's just been so, that they've been so consistently hammering that no one even questions it anymore is this, is this idea, is my body, my choice? It's like, mm. it's not your body. 
it's in your body, but it's not your body. It's not. It's not got your. It's got. It's not got your genetic structure. It's. It. it it's not your body. But when. But when they start the argument from that point of view, then you start finding yourself. You're always conservatives are always on the back foot because they always allow the left of the rhetorical battlefield. And and by walking onto that battlefield, you're, we're starting out at an enormous, enormous disadvantage. So those are some of the strengths of the left, the ability to, to, to be great with, uh, with words, with rhetoric, the ability to frame issues. Welfare, for example, mm. our, our, our system of doling out, you know, taking money from one person or another is called welfare. And it's called welfare because the reason they named it welfare is because the Constitution says provide for the general welfare in the preamble. And they're smart enough to say, well, so it's in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a really kind of a genius, really. But we'll get to weaknesses in the next episode. Now let's talk about strengths on our side. And to me, the greatest strength that we have by a wide margin is, is the truth. Right. They do everything they can. We just saw an example of them shutting us down for a week because we said something that they didn't like that happened to be true. But the truth is the most powerful of allies. Uh, I've said this so many times, I'm reluctant to say it again. But really, when you get right down to it, you cannot project darkness into a room. Mm -hmm. Darkness is not a force. Darkness is the absence of light. And if you take a birthday candle and you go into the uh, Superdome and turn out all the lights, you put a birthday candle on the 50-yard line, you are illuminating the inside of that. Maybe not a lot, but you are eliminating the darkness throughout that entire building. And and that is an enormous ally. And what we're seeing now, I think, the reason I feel like this tide is turning is because finally the left has had to get out of the realm of the rhetorical you know, oh, socialism is great, and all this other stuff's great, and Joe Biden's a brilliant guy. And all. They, they've had, they have, I think they've done what they've had to do to get to get this power, and now they are facing the reality and truth that comes with reality, and this is why they're falling apart because we're no longer in their in their um, their wheelhouse, their rhetorical wheelhouse of, of, of fantasy stories and, and beautiful tales. Now we're in the real world, which is where we deal with things. And that's where the truth lives. And when you see this person who's claiming to be the president of the United States do things like, say, end of message when he's reading the teleprompter, now we're dealing with the evidence of your own lion eyes. And, and that kind of evidence, the, the evidence of reality, is a, is a, is a powerful powerful ally indeed man and it's um it's also knowing what to do if the, if the tide is turning it's it's knowing what to do with it and not expecting uh not expecting democrats to know what to do with it or or their 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 default democrat voters you know people who have just voted for them by default because they just thought it was the better thing to do and everything that they've been i guess all the prejudices that they've been taught about republicans it doesn't mean they're coming to our side it just means that they're seeing Democrats as evil. And a lot of times they end up saying, well, they'll, they'll, they'll just throw their hands up in the air in despair and just say, well, they're all the same. You know, they're two Good. sides of the same that, coin. That, that's better than nothing. But the, 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 the problem with that is, is that I, I hope folks realize it's not that Democrats and Republicans are the same people. The problem is, is that it's not Democrats who end up acting like Republicans. It's rep- too many Republicans who start acting like Democrats. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. problem. That's why people can't tell the difference. And there should be a distinction, a distinction that's made and a distinction that people can say, not just, not just walk away or be turned off to Democrats. 
You know, it's it's not just a point of that, because what you end up happening is that they end up going back in a circle. Well, we, we saw that in the Civil War. OK, we're tired of the oppression. We're sick of this and we need to be liberated. Here come Republicans and there's a war. Long story short. And what happened? Blacks went right back to the Democrat Party. So they got disgruntled. They were mad and then they left. But they weren't sold. Eventually, the the, the selling point to be Republican kind of lost its it, 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 it lost its flavor. We let them, we let them command the narrative. Right. When, they let when, them command when, the narrative. When, exactly. So, when, when know, Lyndon Johnson said, mm-hmm. well, instead of, instead of oppressing black people, we're going to buy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should have immediately stood up and said, well, this is just another form of slavery, but we didn't do that because we didn't know how. Indeed. Indeed. You know, but, but like you said, we have a more, we have a more practical view of these things, but that practicality also has to come with the practicality of selling it. We do have to sell it. Um, we have to understand that, you know, when these people think welfare, like even with welfare, welfare has been sold on them, right? They, they, they were bought, just like you said. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We're not here to provide you welfare. Look at it again. The word provide, that's not what comes before welfare. It's to promote. Promote the general welfare is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And promoting welfare comes with a strong defense, right? Want to make sure that you're protected to do what you do, not provide, not provide things for you to do what yep. you do, but to promote a, a, a system where you are protected. If you want insurance, you're protected to go and, and get a job and buy your own insurance, buy your own housing, buy your food and stuff like that. You have the right to pursue your happiness. If this one makes you happy, you go and do it and you don't do it at the forced expense of somebody else. That's the important difference. You don't have yeah. a right to happiness. You have a right to pursue happiness. That's right. Entirely different things. Yes. Yes. And now the thing is, it's just like the Lord says, the darkness doesn't comprehend light. And these people are loaded with it. They're, they're loaded with darkness. And dark, that darkness is not just because it's evil, but because that darkness is just selfish. When you look inward and that's all you see, you can't, you can't satisfy selfishness. It can't be satisfied unless people take on the humility and understand that if you really want to get what you want, you got to have a servant's attitude. You got to be prepared to serve. But unfortunately, in our society, we associate service with slavery. Right. Yep, that's if, right. You, if you're with a, servility, yeah, yeah like, like there's something wrong with you. Right. That's what we're taught over and over. And it's getting and it's getting worse. So it has to be promoted. I mean, told like, man, I, I would love it. I would love to be able to produce stories like, say, for instance, and, and they've been done before. But I mean, like sometimes you just got to do them again, Bill, like the story of, of Joseph. Joseph got sold out by his brother, man, through bro- his brothers, thrown into a ditch, sold as a slave, ended up in a, in prison and all that sort of stuff. He Next went, thing you know, he's running Egypt. He's viceroy of Egypt, man. You know, he's he's so but people don't want to look at those things. They just want to be able to say, oh, I'm in the struggle. Well, what are you struggling for? You just struggling just for the sake of struggling, just so you can say that you pat yourself on the back and say that you're struggling. The point of struggling is to get free from something, (laughs) get free, free your mind. And um, that's a really interesting point. This entire this entire generation is a generation that's free and has been free for a long Mm -hmm. time by the work of better generations than us. And they're doing their very best to, to struggle right back into slavery. <laughs> right? Oh, the irony. Man, it's like Rod is just like, come on, l- let me just just let me out for a little bit, man. Let me just write me a couple more episodes of Twilight Zone. And uh and, and man, what what a um what a like a, a look into the future that was when he did um the obsolete man. That's one of my favorite episodes, and just how the state has been given all this power to say this and say that and just lords over people and just say, hey, you obsolete and you're not needed anymore. And we've done away with the things that you believe, you know, and you got my man. It's like, man, you can't just erase God with an edict. 
All right, you can't do that. And they're like, the state's like, we'll do whatever we want. And that's what I'm yep. talking about, Bill, that power that they have to, to make their weakness an edict. That's, yep. wow. Yep, and I think that probably takes us to the greatest strength on our on our bench, you know, mm. and that is that um, is that I just think when I say we're better people, mm. I don't I don't mean to say that we have more intrinsic mm. value because I think if you say that, then you immediately just lose whatever virtue you may have honestly had. But when you look at things like, well, all of the the Democratic Party scandals, and you find out that the producer of, of these guys who are colluding with each other is a, is a, is a training, uh, you know, teenage underage teenage girls to be you know sex slaves, and right. and and you get and you get the whole thing with um, you know uh, 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 Harvey Weinstein, you get the whole thing with with Epstein, all of these perverts, and Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, and all the rest of them. There, there is a, a tremendous short-term strength in being able to lie and cheat and steal and all the rest of it. But the problem with that and the problem with – and the reason that pirates never overcame uh, like the Royal Navy is because if you are a band of thieves and murderers, then ultimately you don't trust anybody and, and you don't get to trust each other. That's why they could never function. That's why, they could, that's why a pirate can – a pirate ship can take an unarmed merchant ship but they never ever in history would would they stand up to an actual professional navy because mm. a professional navy is predicated on things like honor, duty, uh, cooperation, trust, all of those things. Pirates don't have any of that stuff by definition. So it's a tremendous long-term strength to have the character to do the right thing even if it's not the smart thing because it builds a, a, a foundation of mutual trust and respect and and characteristics like discipline, uh, delayed gratification, all of these things make for better warriors mm. than, than the kind of rabble that is willing to take the short-term cut purse kind of, you know, easy way in and out. I guess what I'm trying to say is in a short war, the advantage goes to the dishonorable. Mm. Uh, and in a long war... The advantage then eventually goes to to the people who have the fortitude and the and the and the strength to do the right thing, and that's exactly what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing it everywhere. Is that this is that this balance is starting to tip now, so that as this culture war gets longer and longer and longer, the strengths on our side are suddenly starting to become manifest, and the weakness on the other side are now starting to become manifest. Civil War was exactly that way, by the way. The first two, three years of the Civil War, the South just ran over the North because they were initially good at things. They were outdoorsmen. They were they're good horsemen. They had this kind of fiery kind of, you know, uh, they're waving their sabers around. And the North, they said the Northerners were just a bunch of mud sills and mechanics. They're probably right. But when you get a mechanic angry enough <laughs> over time... Then he's going to build a boiler and put it on a locomotive and and run a railroad right into the heart of your country. And he's going to kick your ass. Mm. And, and, and the thing is, you know, there has to be follow through also, uh, you know, as, as a, um, a martial artist, you know, when you have your opponent, not that you want to be sadistic or anything like that, but you want to make sure that if you're in a situation where um, you, you've evaluated your your opponent uh, who's got a really big chip on their shoulder. You want to make sure that if you got, if you got them on the ground, that they can't get back up. 
Right? Yeah, that's right. You know, the, not, and I'm not trying to say like be malicious toward this person, but you know that this person is really out to hurt you, mm-hmm. and you may have to hurt them really bad to make them stop. Um, it may not be enough to, um, you know, just. You know, put, put them on the ground. You may actually have to hold them there. You may have to, like, you know, do some things that, you know, to make sure that they can't get back up and, you know, tip up behind you with a wrench or something like that. Um, there has to be the follow through, even if it's sport fighting. You know, mm-hmm. there, there has to be the follow up. Like I see it a lot, a lot of times with the sport fighting. You have a person, they may be on the ropes and then this person starts reeling because, oh, they, they scored this good hit and they get surprised. You can see it in their eyes. Like, wow, are you surprised that you actually, that you dazed them a little bit? And then they back off. And then before you know it, this person has regained their senses and they're coming back at them. Uh, or, or, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that with, with, uh, where conservatives are, it's like, okay, don't get cocky. Like Han Solo said, okay, kid, don't get cocky. All right. We still have attackers coming our way and you still got to be ever vigilant and you have to have your follow through. And it's like, it's like chess. You got to be looking three moves ahead, you know? Yeah. Or 20. And, and you got to, and if, and if we're in, if we're a team, you know, we have to make sure that we've got each other six, you know, and there's not, there's not a lot of that, you know, on a conservative. We talk about it, how we, you know, we love the military and, you know, and how we, you know, we love their, our defenses and no man left behind and stuff like that. But conservatives don't play that game at home. We don't do that. No, every, we, no we, don't, we don't. We don't do that here. Uh, That's right. We will we'll get le- to that and we, we'll get to that in the weaknesses episode. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, those kind of things, those need to be looked at and not be stubborn about it because, you know, one can think that they're being strong in their stubbornness, but that stubbornness can turn out to be a weakness. Well, that's a pretty good uh, initial analysis of looking at the strengths of our bench and their bench. And uh, next episode, we're going to talk about the uh, weaknesses on both sides and, and, and tally those things up and see if we can get a better idea. Because as I say, the reason I'm doing this is not to, it's not to emulate the other bench. It's just I want to beat them. And in order to beat them, I got to know what they're good at. And I also have to know what we're not good at. And um, and that's what we'll get into uh, on the next episode. The show made possible by a small number of conservatives who have understood that things like this are really important, that it's not just all about parchment and quills and stuff, that if people don't hear the message, then you lose. It's just that simple. And uh, we're very grateful to those people who about a year ago now uh, really stepped up for us and, and allowed us to bring uh, Alfonso Rachel into the fight, who's an absolute warrior and just couldn't be couldn't be happier and couldn't be prouder to be working with him. So um, until next time, which will be just a couple days from now, I guess, we'll see you right here on The Virtue Signal. Mm-hmm.